And we are back here on another edition of the Total Sports Live podcast. I'm Jovan Alford, your host, and we will be shortly joined by Nick Earnshaw and Harrison Brown of TotalSportsLive.com to talk some Phillies baseball. Yes, folks, we do talk baseball on the podcast. I know it doesn't happen often because every time you hear us, we're always talking about the Eagles and their drama. And, we're, and we were talking about the Sixers because they're playing so well, but they, you know I mean, they haven't, they, they didn't look too hot, so hot. Um, last month so we're going to talk about some phillies and we're going to talk about some sixers yeah we're going to talk about them we last time we uh we got a lot to talk about with them because the way they ended the playoffs just wasn't really great and it wasn't you know it just was it just was a bad look on how their uh last series in the eastern conference semifinals uh went against the uh um, atlanta hawks however before we do that make sure you are following us on twitter at Total Sports Live and checking the podcast out on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Anchor. For all those platforms, just search the TSL Podcast Total Sports Live. From there, you should be able to listen, follow, subscribe, download, do whatever on your uh, podcast, on every whatever podcast app you listen to us on. We really appreciate everyone that does listen and follow us and subscribe and check us out. We really appreciate it. And hopefully, we'll be bringing you guys more and more content as football season is about to kick in the high gear. So you already know we go ham when it's football season. So expect uh, more of that content coming out very um, soon and all. And, 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 and don't also, let me just slow down. <laughs> don't Do not forget to check out totalsportslive.com as well we got a couple of goods we got a couple of stories up on the website right now um in the last i'm gonna say the last couple of weeks we got some new stuff on there obviously um obviously we have the story about um ben simmons and trade rumors we're going to keep a lock on that because we already know there's going to be a lot of things going on uh, with Ben Simmons and, uh, and where he may or may not be going if he does leave. Had his, had a Philly story up there a couple weeks ago um, about uh, almost a month now, it almost seems like, about about the Phillies. And we got n- new content on there talking about the Sixers offseason and what direction will they decide to go after their collapse, which is written by Nick Earnshaw. So make sure you check that out right now, totalsportslive.com. Follow us on Twitter at totalsportslive. But before we jump into everything on today's show, you know I gotta bring my guys on. You know I only do this podcast with only a couple of guys. You know my, you know my day ones here. Um, so always join me on the podcast. You might hear him sometimes on a weekly basis on WGLS Rowan Radio, hosting Offsides, and you know he he throws down, writes a couple of columns. You know gets get that energy off. On TotalSportsLive.com, we got Nick Earnshaw joining the program as always. And you might catch this guy down in some indoor football in Trenton with the New Jersey flight. Harrison Brown also joining the show. How you guys doing? It's been a long time uh, since we last did a podcast. And, man, <laughs> we got a lot to catch up on. What up, man? Yes, sir. Great to be back. You know, Jersey Flighter are rolling 2-3 and three right now. Looking for a W this week in Orlando. But... Excited to talk some uh, Sixers and Phillies today. Most definitely, Joe Von Harrison. Always great to join the TSL podcast. We got a lot to talk about. The Sixers, you know, what a collapse they had at the end of the season against the Hawks. Just just a lot to talk about uh, with the Sixers. The Phillies have been, you know, up and down. The bullpen has had some trouble, but can't wait to talk to you guys about it. And let's get to it. Hey, for sure. And you know what? Let's talk about those Philadelphia Phillies. The, the, if the Phillies, like you said, have been up and down, 
they had had streaks where they've looked really good and, you know, was winning games and, you know, in the ninth inning and getting clutch hits. And then there have games where they have the lead and somehow, some way, the vaunted bullpen blows the game for them after getting quality starts and quality outings uh, from starting pitchers not named Nola, Eflin, and Wheeler uh, this season. And that's where we're going to start with the bullpen. This has been one of the biggest issues, as y'all know, when people that's listening. Um, it's been one of the biggest issues that have plagued Philadelphia this season. Um, the bullpen has not been great, y'all, and y'all know this. They have blown 22 saves this season, which is three away from franchise record, which Nick brought up during as we were getting prepared for the show. Three away. That is ridiculous and just utter, just ridiculous. Some teams have closer that already have 25 saves, and this team almost has 25 blown saves. So that just tells you how bad the issue is. And the bullpen ERA right now is 4.80. When you look at that compared to everybody else in the league, that is about the, you want to say, the fifth, sixth worst in baseball right now. And all the other teams after them are not in playoff contention. And if you look at the teams that are in playoff contention, like the like the like the um, San Diego Padres, the San Francisco Giants, the L.A. Dodgers, the the uh, Tampa Bay Rays, the um, Boston Red Sox, ERAs between two and three. Meanwhile, the Phillies are approaching five. So that just tells you how bad things have gotten. And you know, I don't I don't know where to start at, y'all. I mean, just 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 what do you think? Uh, starting with you, starting with you, Nick. Just you know, just what do you think about this bullpen? Joe Girardi has tried everything under the under the deep blue sea. He's 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 gone to Nearest and he's not going to Nearest. He's going to Alvarado and then Alvarado hasn't gone well. Ranger Suarez, I think he might be the guy, but again, he doesn't have the overpowering stuff that Alvarado has, and it's just it's just a bona fide mess from something that you thought the bullpen would have been better. You saw the names that they added, and you thought this bullpen should definitely be better than last season, but this almost seems like they're on pace to be worse than what they were last season. No, most definitely. I mean, this bullpen has been extremely bad. You know, one of the worst bullpens in, in the history of the game last season, not much better this year. You thought, like, like you mentioned, you thought, you know, you'd see some improvement with some of the guys they brought in, Alvarado, and, and then, you know, you have Ranger Suarez in there. And, you know, Joe Girardi is really having a tough time. I mean, what can you do at this point? You know, mm-hmm. you can't you can't you can't trust any of these guys that, that are in the bullpen. They're leaving pitches out over the plate. They're not hitting their spots. You know, I feel for JT Romuto behind the plate. I mean, what else can you do? Um, but no, they, they have 25 blown saves like, you, you know, they're close. They're close to getting, you know, to the record this season. So, I, I mean, going forward. They're going to have to improve most definitely, I think, at the deadline. I think that's going to be the most important because they have to get more talent in that bullpen because nobody is really stepping up and getting the job done. Joe Girardi, you know, he should probably let his starters go a little more because he's pulled some guys early um, mm-hmm. you know, with their pitch counts low. So, you know, he deserves some blame, I would say, but not, not all of it, of course, because um, these guys just aren't hitting their spots. Um, they got, they're not holding leads. They're going to break the franchise record this year, no doubt with most blown saves. They're, they're in the lead by a wide margin in major league baseball right now. So, you know, going forward, I think the deadline's going to be very important if they want to improve. If they think, Hey, you know, we're in a lot of these games. They have a lot of leads. Like the, the offense is, is fine. Um, they're getting good starting pitching. Aaron Nola right. has had a good year. Zach Wheeler has had all like an incredible year. We'll get into him later, but you know, the bullpen, you have guys like Hector Neris who, you know, is unable to get the job done. 
this year. And, you know, he, he, he has, he, he's not trustworthy. Ranger Suarez, you know, he comes in every once in a while. Okay. Maybe he can get a ton. Alvarado has been bad, um, but they have leads. And when you're going into, you know, these later innings, you cannot blow, blow leads like this. You know, they're, they're in a position to win games. And when you get quality starts um, from these pitchers, you know, Eflin's had a pretty decent year. Um, you right. have sometimes, you know, Vinny Velasquez has had a couple of good starts as well. Not, not so much on sun, on the season, on the uh, series finale against the San Diego Padres, but you know, he's, he's had a good start here and there. So, you know, when you're getting good, good outings from your starting pitchers and you're unable to close it out, I mean, that, that's just trouble all the way through, especially when you're in a, a very, you know, not, not too great division, uh, you know, only a couple games out of first place, uh, you know, they can definitely make a run, but they have to clean up the back end of the bullpen. Most definitely. And it's almost demoralizing because, like you said, you're getting quality starts and quality albums. I mean, there was I want to say it felt like just recently, like a two week span where they were just getting quality outings from Nola, who bounced back in that doubleheader against against the Mets, had a quality outing, you know, was just locked in and he couldn't get the job done. Then Matt Moore, he had a great outing, you know, coming back from, you know, being. You know, I think he was sent down to, to the minors, if I'm not mistaken, or he was on the injured list, some, one of the two. And, you know, he came back to the big leagues and, you know, gave a quality out. And so they're getting, like you said, they're getting quality outs. But when you have, you know, like you said, Naris, Alvarado, just not doing the job, it puts so much pressure almost on your offense to say, keep on scoring runs, keep on scoring runs, because no lead is, like, really safe with the team. I think we saw that a few weeks back where they played the Nationals and they lost the game 13-12. to 12. Because they gave up 12 unanswered runs in the preceding, like, what, last four innings or something like that? Yeah. It, yep. yep. You just you, you just can't play like that. And we mentioned, you know, Hector Neris right now. He's a 1-5 with a 5-1-7 ERA. That's a career-high ERA for him. And for folks that, you know, might not know baseball and think, oh, fives, you know, not bad. In baseball, when your earn run average is a 5-1-7, that is horrible. It is atrocious. It is just straight-up garbage. Um, he's only had 11 saves this season, but he's had six blown saves. I mean, <laughs> that's not, that's not good. And then when you talk about, you mentioned Jose Alvarado, Nick, you know, uh, Alvarado, he's just been just as worse And the crazy part with Alvarado. You one could make the, make the claim fellas that Alvarado has better stuff than theirs. He yeah. has more explosive stuff, but his control yeah. is just all over the place. He can give you a hundred mile per hour sinker, but then his fastball will go ten inches off the plate, and before you know it, he's got to walk. You know, surprisingly, he hasn't been as bad when it comes to blown saves. He has three saves, he has two blown saves, he has ten holds, which isn't bad. But you look at his ERA, numbers are deceiving. He's five and zero this season, right? But his ERA is a four zero six. That's not going to get it. That's just not. That's just. That's yeah. just not. That's just not going to get it done. And Jovan, I, I have to mention, you know, Alvarado the other night um, against the San Diego Padres, the opener against uh, the Padres. I, I mean, you get a great seven and two thirds start from innings pitch from from Zach Wheeler. Alvarado comes in two thirds of an inning, two thirds of an inning gives up three earned runs. I mean, that can't happen in a tight ball game like that. Uh, you know, it, they have to. He has to be much better. And, you know, Ranger Suarez came in uh, inning in two-thirds, did a good job. So, he, you know, maybe he's building a little bit of momentum. But Alvarado, you know, these these type of, of performances from Wheeler, you have Alvarado come in and, and blow the save, I mean, against a very good team in the San Diego Padres who have a lot of really good hitters. Tatis, obviously, you know, mm-hmm. the most notable. 
you, you know, going down the stretch in the season, when you get into like late August, September, when you're competing for a, a playoff spot, division title, because they're right there. They're not. They're only four and a half games out at the moment from the Mets. So they have an opportunity to definitely make some noise down the stretch. But when you're getting uh, performances like Alvarado's the other night against these really good teams, you know, it was, you know, they get bailed out by Brad Miller in the 10th. But, you know, that's not going to happen all the time, especially against, you know, one of the better teams in the National League. So, I, I you know, he, he they got to figure it out in the back end. They have to find a guy that can shut the door after getting a really good start against a really good, really good franchise. Yeah, damn. I mean, I couldn't. I mean, you you can't say it any better than that. You know about this team's, you know, a bullpen issue, especially like you said, and when you went and and thank goodness for Brad Miller in that game, right? And Brad Miller doesn't come in, and you know, you know, hits that, you know, hits that game winning double, that the Phillies could possibly be losing this series. They could have lost that last series, two to three, two games to two games to one, and then now you're really in trouble. In uh, turns in the in, in in terms of the standings, you know, just Harrison, just want to get your you know your thoughts on this um on this Phillies, you know, just this Phillies pen, and you know, where do you think they go? You know, I know we talked in the group chat, you know, maybe they need to go in the minors to you know find somebody because at this point it's just getting out of hand to where, like you said, you know, like we said, to the point where you got to push almost push your starters to stay out until like the sixth seventh inning so you can eliminate and limit the amount of you know time that your bullpen is out there on the field and your offense to hey hey instead of being up four to three might need to get maybe like two insurance runs to make the game like six to three going to ninth just in case no absolutely i mean i i agree with you know everything y'all said it's this bullpen was a huge problem for them last year it's a huge problem for them again you know we had hoped that some of the additions they had would come in and help the bullpen out help these starters out you know, but it, it just hasn't happened to this point. A 4.80 ERA is just unacceptable from the bullpen. You mentioned it, Jovan. The teams that are in the playoffs, they're between two and three. You, you can't be up near five and expect to go to the playoffs. It, it's it's almost unimaginable how bad they've been in ninth innings, you know, in, in recent weeks. It, it's crazy how many times they've blown saves and just given up opportunities. Like you said, thank God for Brad Miller that one night where they really, you know, would have lost that Padres series. So, um it's a positive that they won that series. You know, that's a good baseball team that they just played. Um, this upcoming series against the Cubs, they definitely can win. Nick mm-hmm. mentioned it. You know, while we were talking, the Cubs have really been struggling. They're on a nine-game losing streak heading into tonight's game. So um, they're not out of it at all, but they need to address the bullpen. Um, I had really hoped that Archie Bradley was going to be another piece that would help Me the too. bullpen out and strengthen it up. And he just he just hasn't been um, to this point. So... They've they've got to figure something out, you know, because with a bullpen like this, they need their starters to go seven, eight innings. And, and even then, it's not fully secure. So the, the bullpen's a huge problem. It's, 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 a, it's, a, whew, it's a major, it's a major problem, major problem um, that they that major problem that they have on their um, that they have on their hands right now. And it's and it's and it's not it's not great shape. And that's that's the worst thing you can feel like, like you said. They bring in a guy like Archie Bradley, who you think could be that guy, but he just just hasn't worked out for him. I know he was injured for for a period of time, and you thought maybe they can catch lightning in the bottom, but even him, he hasn't performed well. He has a four six two a four two six ERA. Brandon Kinsler, remember him? He had a he had an eight five L an eight five O ERA. Sam Coonrod, you know, hasn't been great. A four one eight ERA. Um, David Hale. 
Remember him? Five, what is his ERA? 641? 641 ERA. I mean, thank goodness for, you know, uh Bailey Falter, who I think they who I think they actually have something in, right? <laughs> I think he might be something that they can build on. Now it depends. Do you want Bailey Falter in your bullpen? Or do you want him as a starter? And I think, you know, Nick, I think that's something that this team is going to figure out because you're you 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 think you have your five man rotation between you know Velasquez or Matt Moore, but if one of those get hurt, then you're going back to Spencer Howard. And we've seen this season when Spencer Howard is in, he can only go three four innings. So now you're piggybacking with a Suarez and with a Falter. Something with this team just even with something with this team even just when it comes to developing pitchers is something that I think that they need to address as well and kind of, you know, develop and talk about, you know, going forward in the future. No, I'm definitely with you. You know, they they're going to have to make some moves I think at the deadline. Like they they're in a position right now where they're they're having a lot of these leads. Like like we mentioned, I mean, a, a multitude of blown saves. They're they're definitely going to break the rec- the franchise record for blown saves and we're only in the start of July. We just passed the 4th of July. So they're going to have to make moves. There's, you know, there's, there's going to be multiple options out on the market. It's whether Dave Dombrowski sees this team as a playoff team. And I think they definitely could, you know, get to the playoffs. I really do. I think they're, they're right there. They're, they're having a lot of leads. They're getting really good quality starts out of their pitching staff. The offense, you know, when healthy, when completely healthy, I mean, it's a pretty dangerous lineup. So I think it's really up to Dave Dombrowski in the front office to make a move you know, hey, you know, let's what's our vision, you know, going down the stretch. You know, we have a lot of baseball, you know, coming out with the all-star break. So, you know, I think post all-star break, you're gonna see you're gonna see what kind of team the Phillies really are and uh and see what direction that uh that the front office would like to go if they're gonna be buyers or sellers. I think personally that they, they definitely could be should be buyers because they, they have a really really talented roster. It's mm-hmm. just the back end of the bullpen. They they they're blowing a lot of these games, you know, Hector Neris and Alvarado. Uh, are just not getting the job done. So I think, you know, going, going forward, head, you know, after the all-star break, you're going to have to really, really evaluate if you want to make a move to get some re- really good relievers at the deadline. Yeah, most, most definitely a hundred percent. And, you know, um, we're about to, we're going to talk about the trade deadline, you know, in a couple of seconds, but got to remind folks, you are listening to the total sports live podcast here on anchor. Um, I'm Jovan Alford and always joined by my guys, Harrison Brown and Nick Earnshaw. And, you know, Harrison, Nick mentioned it. You know, this team is definitely going to have to make some move at the deadline. If they truly envision themselves as a contender and being in this race and thinking that they can compete with the Mets and with the Braves, if the Braves ever decide they want to wake up one of these days, they're going to have to address, you know, either this rotation and or, and, and or the bullpen at the trade deadline, um, you know, Harrison, what are, do you have any, do you, who do you think that the team should be targeting, you know, at the, at the trade deadline, you know, a lot of people, you know, they don't think about the trade deadline until it's the week of, but you're, you know, you're starting to hear rumblings and rumors about this player might be this team in this player and et cetera, et cetera. This team might be selling just, you know, who do you think the team should be, you know, if they are sellers, I mean, if they are buyers, excuse me, who should they be targeting at the trade deadline? Yeah, as soon as the calendar turns to July, you start to hear the rumors. You know, people start chirping a little bit, and you start to hear more of you know who teams might be willing to move, what teams are looking to buy, what teams are willing to sell. I mean, the Phillies are in an interesting case. Like like Nick said, I mean, 
they're right there in the division. They're only a few games behind the Mets. The Mets offense is really struggling. Um, you know, obviously it's a great rotation, but you know, the Phillies really still have a, a very solid chance of making the playoffs. I mean, just a few years back, the Washington Nationals did not start out, you know, the season very well. Um, it's a little bit later in the year than when they kind of hit their stride. But, you know, baseball is a funny sport. And now that they're back to 162 game season, not the 60 game sprint, there's still a lot of time left in this baseball season. The Phillies can definitely right the ship. So I, I'd like to see them be aggressive at the deadline. I'd like to see them try to go out and get some help. I mean, you're paying Bryce Harper and JT Real Muto these superstar money. And I mean, they're very good players. You know, they're superstars, but you, you've got to start to see some results. You know, you got Joe right. Girardi here as the manager. He's supposed to be this World Series caliber manager. You know, Noel is in his prime, obviously has had some struggles this year, but it's starting to come around. Wheeler's getting, you know, big time money. He's pitching really, really well this year. So you, you want to capitalize on that. You want to kind of make the most of that. Um, and, and, you know, the bullpen is the big issue. The bullpen is what needs to be addressed. The back end of the rotation is is something that, you know, it still isn't completely fixed. And it, it would be a problem, you know, if they um, if they were in a, you know, a good playoff series, they'd have to cut it down to like four starters. They wouldn't be able to use a fifth. Um, but I, I think that, you know, Richard Rodriguez out of Pittsburgh yep. would be an interesting pickup. I'm, I'm high on him. I like the way he pitches. Um, I think that he would be someone that could come in and solidify the ninth inning at least. You know, the mm-hmm. the bullpen as a whole wouldn't be complete, but at least you'd have someone you could trust in the ninth inning. Um, you know, would he be perfect? No, of course not. He wouldn't be. He, he's not one of the top closers in baseball, but he, he'd be a big addition. He'd be certainly a step up from what they have right now. And I think he'd help solidify the bullpen as a whole. Oh, Richard Rodriguez is a guy that, you know, we, you know, was reported, I want to say a couple weeks back that the Blue Jays were interested in him. Who knows what the Blue Jays' interest is now because they went out and made a trade with the Miami Marlins, acquiring uh, Corey Dickerson, former Philly, and uh, I think the pitcher Adam Clymer, a reliever. So they are making their move to, you know, upgrade their bullpen. So we'll see if there is any more interest in Richard Rodriguez. Um, As you said, he's been solid for a pirate team that hasn't been necessarily good <laughs> when you hear his stats you think he can help out the phillies pretty well um he has a two a two five one era right now um he has 27 k's and 32 and 32 and a third and a third and in pitch um he's only given he's only given up nine earned runs over that time he has 11 saves this season and only two blown saves. So I think if you're a Phillies fan, you definitely, <laughs> you definitely, you know, would not be opposed um, to a guy like, um, like a Richard Rogers. Um, another guy who I think that the team should be looking out for. I want to say it's a reliever on the Minnesota Twins, but the name is escaping me right now. Um, it's a reliever on the Twins. I want to say, what is his name? I know Jason Stark or whoever wasn't Stark. It was a uh, Jeff Passan. I want to say just wrote about him. I want to say a f- couple of weeks ago or last week when he were talking about the trade deadline and if we could be buyers or sellers. Let's see yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think. It's the it's Taylor Rogers. Yeah. Yep. 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 Yeah. Yep. 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 Taylor Rogers. Yeah, I think that's another guy who you know the Phillies you know should be. You know, definitely looking out for again a guy. I think he still might have a few couple seasons out of the control, um, on, on on his belt. Not exactly, not exactly sure, but this season, seven saves, two six five ERA, forty six Ks. Again, a whip of a one 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 point one two. You can't beat that. Again, if you're the Phillies, you need that. <laughs> so that's another guy who I think that they should, you know, definitely, you know, be. 
open to, you know, a scene at least acquiring because this Twins team was the team that was supposed to be good after making them making the playoffs this season, but they just haven't they just really fell fell apart um down the stretch. And that's kind of surprising seeing what we saw from this twins team last year. They pretty much brought back the same core guys. So to see that happening, Taylor Rogers, another guy who I think they should be interested in and out throwing this guy for a starting pitcher. If you're not really happy or not content with Matt Moore and Vince Velasquez, I'm a big Kyle Gibson guy. I've been on, yeah. I've been on the Kyle Gibson bandwagon for, you know, for, for this season. I ain't going to sound like one of those people like, yeah, I've been on Kyle Gibson for like the entire last season or the last two seasons. Nah, I've been Gibson as really Showed out to me, you know, on a on a on a Rangers team that isn't necessarily good, but they're not necessarily bad either. They're in the middle ground of their rebuild or whatever they're trying to do down there. It's been a very solid presence for him. I think he's going to the all he's he was he's he's going to the All Star game um, for the Rangers American League. I think he's like the I think the Rangers third representative because I think it's going to be him, Joey Gallo, and I think Adolis Garcia is going to be there too. So he's had a great season. I think he's still undefeated on the year. His ERA is I think is definitely under three. He's not really a strikeout pitcher, um, but again, a guy that could help solidify that back end in the bullpen. And I mean, imagine having the um, Nola, Wheeler, Eflin, Kyle Gibson, and then inking your fifth starter. That's not a bad, not a bad, you know, addition for the playoff push if you so necessarily, you know, want to, you know, want want to go after go at it. But as we know, fellas, <laughs> and I know both of you guys know minor league baseball pretty well. To get these things, Nick, you got to give up a little bit to get the higher names on the trade deadline. And like we talked about before the show, this Phillies team, they do not have a lot in the farm system that they can really pick around and be like, yeah, we can move this guy, you know, for this X reliever or this X starting pitcher. No, you're definitely right. I think that, you know, this, this, you know, looking at their top 30 prospects, looking at their farm system, it's not particularly deep. I mean, Mick Abel, Bryson Stott, you know, are the you know the top two in, in the in, in the system right now. But other than that, I mean, you have some guys, Luis Garcia, Casey Martin, Johan Rojas. I mean, there, there's a couple of guys, you know, Mickey Moniak comes to mind as well. You know, you've seen Luke Williams come up this year and give you, you know, some decent at-bats. But, I mean, if they're going to get somebody, they – I don't know if they're going to be able to to give up a lot a lot of prospects, especially you don't want to give up Mick Abel or Bryson Stott just yet. Yeah. Um, they're not, you know, they're not World Series contenders at the moment. You know, they haven't made the playoffs in about around ten years, so a little over ten years, I think, about now, right? So, mm-hmm. I, the, you know, going or going into the you know into the trade deadline, you know, coming down the stretch, I mean, they have they have a few. They're going to have to give up, I think, a decent amount of prospects, you know, to get some of these guys. I, I don't think you're going to have to give up McAble or Bryson Stott. Teams are going to ask for that, but you know, if you want to get a top end reliever, I don't know how much the Phillies have. Do you give up on Spencer Howard yet? I mean, because mm, you know, we've that's seen, a good we've point. Seen, seen, that's a good point. We've seen, yeah. Um, so to think know, about. We've seen, we've seen him, you know, struggle as well. We don't know if he's a starter. Is he a reliever yet? Um, I actually, I heard an interview Charlie Manuel did recently, I believe it was on, uh, one of the local radio stations, 97.5. And he was saying, why don't you send Spencer Howard down, you know, get, get three starts, you know, get him up around a hundred pitches, see where he's at, you know, mentally and where he, what he, he can do as a starter. So maybe you can build some value there. I, I agree. You know, I, I don't know. So, you know, we'll, we'll see, we'll see what happens, but he could be a guy that could be on the move. I don't know if the Phillies want to give up on him yet. But they really don't have too many pieces in the farm other than Abel and Stott 
that really I feel like would wow a lot of teams. No, I think I think you're 100 percent right about that. And like you said, you know, Charlie Manuel might be right, because every time we see, you know, Howard kind of run into trouble or feel like his velocity go down, they immediately pull him in like third or fourth inning. Why don't you let him, you know, like you said, just go around 100 pitches, let him see what you can get out of him and see what he can do um for you and if he performs great you know you might got something but if not then you need to know that as well because like i said i think bailey falter could be pushing to 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 do something on this team i don't know if it's gonna be a starter reliever but it seems like he's got better stuff right now than a spencer howard who this you know was touted as like this organization's you know best prospect yeah i mean no i think i think you're definitely correct go ahead harrison you mentioned it a few segments ago. They they have a, a problem with development in the Phillies organization. It's really been for like the last 10 years. I mean, outside of <laughs> That's <not> Nola, <laughs> Hoskins, and, and Boehm, like how many homegrown Phillies have there been in the last decade? Like there's not that many great names. you know. Or they like, trade them. Or they trade them. I mean, look at J.P. Yeah, Crawford. Yeah. Look at J.P. Yeah. Crawford. He's become a gold glove shortstop. Sixto. Sixto Sanchez. Yeah. You know, that. There's definitely a few cases of that as well. You know, they they draft a good player and then they wind up trading him before he's ready. So they, they've had a problem with the farm system for a while now. It just it really hasn't been good over the past decade. Um, I mean, obviously, Nola was a great pick. Hoskins has turned out pretty well. Um, Boehm is, is kind of finding his way, having some defensive problems, but decent bat. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, the. the they have, they have problems developing prospects, and it, it hurts them in situations like this. I mean, they have a good roster, but it's going to be hard for them to get, you know, a lot of talent at the deadline because they just don't have it in their farm system. They don't. And, uh, Nick, I know you wanted to add a add a, add a, add a, uh, add a, a quick few thoughts. I had to get the words on my mouth. A few <laughs> quick thoughts before we move on and talk about their the Phillies' uh, two All-Stars uh, that will be participating in the All-Star game next week. Yeah, no, Harrison really said it best. This this franchise has had a lot of trouble developing prospects. I mean, we can go back to Cody Ashey, Mikhail Franco. I mean, they've had guys come up, you know, and Dominic Brown, you know, years ago. I mean, they, they really haven't developed a lot of great players, you know, in the in the past 10 years. And it, it's it's really troubling. And, you know, their farm system is still weak. Like you mentioned, Jovan, they traded a lot, a lot of their prospects away and J.P. Crawford. And, you know, he traded away Sixto, who's actually out for the year, I believe now. So, uh, you know, mm-hmm. it's, uh, you know, you're losing a lot of these guys. You know, they have a good lineup. You know, they've made really good moves via free agency, via trade. But, you know, that farm system, I mean, it, it's 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 very weak at the moment. It really is. Um, they're going to have to replenish it. Um, but if they want to get a reliever, they're going to have they may have to give up somebody where it's a Howard. If they really, really have to, maybe maybe you give up Abel or Stott, but I, I don't see them moving from those two guys because I think they have a lot of potential. Um, but yeah, they they've really had some trouble uh, developing players over over re- over the recent years. For sure, for sure, and uh, we'll see how it all plays out. Trade deadlines later this month, and we'll see if this team. What I think honestly, we'll find out what this team is going to be after the All Star break. How they perform will kind of dictate what direction. They will go, and we'll see what Dave Dombrowski does as GM. He hasn't really made no big – I don't think he's really made no trades since he was named a GM. So this is going to be his first test to see how he upgrades this team and where does he see fit and who does he see fit to um, put this team together to get them where they need to be, not only for this year but for the years 
um, to come. And before we wrap up our Philly segment here on the Total Sports Live podcast, I mean, if you've still been listening to this podcast as we talk baseball, then I'm happy for you. This is great. Um, we got to talk about the two all-stars that the Phillies have, um, JT Real Muto and uh, Zach Willer. I think it was yesterday were uh, named to the um, MLB All-Star game, uh, I think, earlier in the week. The the starters were named. The Phillies didn't have no starters, um, which is not surprising um, on the belief. You know, starters are usually voted in by fans, and, you know, pitchers don't get picked. <laughs> but Real Muto and Zach Wheeler named to the MLB All-Star game, I think, for all of us fellas, I think we are very happy um, that Zach Wheeler did get the call um, for the All-Star game because this guy's just been pitching lights out pretty much piggybacking off what he did um, last season, you know, in the shortened season. He's coming, he's came back and been everything that the team has asked for from a guy that she signed, what, to a five-year, $118 million deal. If I believe he's been everything and more, you know, solidifies himself as a number two and pretty much another ace in this starting staff. He's six and four um, through 17 starts, a 205 ERA, a, a career best ERA, 139 strikeouts this season, um, only giving up, you know, 26 earned runs, only 25 walks this season. I think he's had um, 13 quality starts out of 17. That's really, 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 really good. I mean, he's just been um, lights out. He's just been lights out electric, uh, Harrison. I mean, this is he's everything that this team could ask for more from a guy where they came into that offseason, you know, needing a starting pitcher and needing to put the money out to go get a guy. And they went out and got Wheeler. A lot of people didn't know how he was going to be, you know, especially with his Mets tenure. He wasn't necessarily bad with the Mets, but he wasn't necessarily overly great. But he's pretty much been, like I said, a lights out starting pitcher for them over these last two seasons. And I think if you're the Phillies, this is tremendous to see him get rewarded for his efforts. And this is a guy, I mean, if Jacob DeGrom wasn't having the season he's having for the Mets, you know, you could say that Zach Willis should be up there for the NL Cy Young with like a Corbin Burns, with a Walker Bueller, and with a Brandon Woodruff in, in Milwaukee. Yeah, Zach Willis been great. I mean, when, when the signing initially happened, I believe it was the Garrett Cole offseason. I think it was that same offseason. Um, I was a little nervous about the Wheeler signing just because it was a lot of money. And like you mentioned, he was okay with the Mets. Like, he was certainly a good pitcher. He was a top prospect for them for a long time. Um, and they had a lot of guys come up, Harvey, DeGrom, Syndergaard. But Wheeler was always solid in that rotation. Um, but just, just the money that they gave him was ace money. But he he's lived up to it. He's really earned every penny of it. He's been fantastic this season. Um, you know, like you said, he, he could be right in there in that Cy Young conversation there's obviously a lot of guys who are pitching great DeGrom is unbelievable but um Wheeler I think Wheeler really is the ace for the Phillies right now I think that he's kind of the number one pitcher they got you know I think if they were to make the playoffs that's who I would kind of say should probably start game one he's just been he's been on one this year he's a vet he's been around so great to see him go to the all-star game and JT as well you know it's been a solid season for him maybe not you know the you know what people were maybe hoping for it's been you know an okay year for his standards but i still think he's you know the best catcher in baseball great defensively and and certainly deserves that recognition to be an all-star most definitely what about you nick you know like like harrison said willer has you know he's 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 been tremendous and he's been this team's ace you know no disrespect to aaron nola but Willer has been this team's ace, and, and like you said, Ramuto is probably not up to his standards, you know, as an all-star. But again, he's you, he's he's 
you can make the case he's one of the best offensive catchers, you know, and all around catchers in the National League, let alone the major. So to have these two guys in here, you know, to represent the team, it has to say something about where this team is at and, you know, where they could possibly be going because these are two guys, right, that are signed to long-term deals that are a part of your core going forward. No, most definitely. You know, Harrison really n- nailed it. Uh, he is this team's ace at the moment. You know, Aaron Aaron's a great pitcher, but the way the way Wheeler's been, you know, pitching this year, you know, six and four on the season, a two point zero five ERA. That's just ridiculous. You know, opposing teams are only hitting two hundred against him. That's a batting average against Zach Wheeler this year. That that's just ridiculous. Last season, uh, compared to it was two fifty four. So opponents aren't able to are not. Figuring out Zach Wheeler at the moment, I think he's having a tremendous year. I think, yo, arguably, yo, Degrom obviously has has done his thing, but he's right there in the conversation. I mean, he's really had a tremendous year. You know, his control's been really good. He's really working those breaking pitches. Uh, I, I really like what I've seen out of Zach Wheeler this year, and you know, to get the All Star game, not definitely deserving for him because. I mean, he's been on a tear this year. He's been, you know, one of the better pitchers uh, throughout throughout baseball this entire season. You saw it, you know, he really put it's really put to the test when you face really good lineups. And you saw it the other night, seven and two thirds against San Diego Padres mm-hmm. pitch really, really well. I mean, you know, when you're pitching well, you know, throughout the season and then play, you know, the really good teams and you're able to do that. I mean, that that really says something, you know, he's having a, a career year uh, at this point. And, uh, you know, I, I think he can continue it. And the Phillies are really going to need him to. I mean, especially with, you know, we talked about earlier, the bullpen woes. They're going to need him, you know, to go deep into ball games, And he's been able to do that. He's been really successful at it. And as for JT, you know, he, you know, it's not one of his, you know, his best years, I would say, at the dish. You know, batting 263 on the season, eight home runs. You know, he's, he's definitely had, you know, a few better years than that. You know, he's usually around the 270 mark, I, I would say. A little, little under that this year. But he's still one of the best offensive catchers in baseball um and you know he could get it done behind the plate as well on the defensive side so i, I think you know both phillies really deserving this year I, I think especially wheeler because he's been on a tear yeah most yeah for real and is and, and can't wait to see those guys you know um go at it and you know compete and play in an all-star game you know which is next tuesday i think right next tuesday on fox that is the uh MLB up, all-star yeah. game yeah and I know you've had some interest. I know you guys probably both have interest in this. And we'll and, and promise, folks, promise. This is the last baseball thing we want to talk about before we jump into the Sixers. Trust and believe. But <laughs> I know both of you guys are probably interested in this. But a couple of days before the All-Star game, we have the Futures game. And, I mean, I know, Nick, I've heard you talk about it on all sides, you know, last week. I mean, wow. Just talk about, I mean, the talent on both sides, you know? I mean... The, the the players, oh my God. All, all the top prospects that you could think of and name in baseball are playing in this game. I don't think there's been a year where we where we've had like this star like star talented loaded of of just of futures players of all stars. I'm excited. I'm really excited for for the for the futures game this year. Um, there it's ridiculous. I mean, some of the guys on here. Um, are, are just really, really, really good and young, talented players. Uh, you know, Kay Cavalli. You know, uh, uh, you know, being a pre producer for for the Blue Rocks, I, I you know I got to see Kay Cavalli a little bit this year before he was sent up to Double A. Man, he's got he's the real deal. He's got really, really good stuff. Um, he's got really good command, can control 
uh, you know, where he pitches the baseball. And, you know, I, I think he's going to be a really, really good pitcher for the Nationals someday. You know, he's just go, going right up, up the ranks. Didn't, didn't spend too much time in high A with the Blue Rocks this year. He went right up to double A. I'm really excited about him. Uh, the Blue Rocks actually just played Michael Harris uh, of the Atlanta Braves with the Rome Braves uh, this past week. And Michael Harris, in one game, he had seven RBIs. I mean, that, that tells you right there uh, he's got a really good bat. Uh, and, you know, we have to talk about the Phillies, you know, Bryson Stott, a really, really good prospect they have. I really like his bat. He can do it in the field as well. And then I think the most notable that people are just very, very curious about, he hasn't played a lot. He's really young. Uh, Jason Dominguez of the Yankees, the Martian. I mean, this guy, he, he you know, we, we, we know about his baseball cards. Uh, I, uh, I definitely do. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and man, I, you know, the hype around him is insane. Uh, you know, he's a really big, he's, he's, he's a short dude, but he's a really built dude and he can, he can hit the baseball with the best of them. Uh, he's got a lot of power. I'm excited to see what he can do. Um, I feel like he'll go up the Yankees ranks pretty quickly. He's still a teenager, 18 years old. Uh, there's just, there's so many really good players in this futures game. Bobby Witt Jr., Spencer Torkelson, Riley Green. I mean, you just, you can go down the list uh, of all these guys. Guys, uh, Austin Martin from you know Toronto. I mean, there's so many really, really good players um, in 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 this futures game. I, I think it's re- a really exciting time for baseball, and I think you know they're a couple years away from really, really taking over the game. Yeah, I mean, and let's not forget uh, Julio Rodriguez from the, in the Mariners organization yep. is going to be there. Yeah, I think Jared Klonick is going to be there. Um, again, if you probably collect cards, you probably are familiar with a lot of these guys. I mean, <laughs> As we do. As we do. <laughs> you're probably a lot familiar with these guys. And I mean, it is it's just, I mean, it's just it's just it's just loaded. I'm I can't wait. It's just loaded. Uh, any thoughts from you, Harrison, about this futures game, which like I said, I don't think we saw this amount of talent in like years. Or I guess maybe we're just more hip to who's playing in these games now. I mean, I think I need some of those guys in my next Bowman break, you know. Uh, I think they would certainly look good in a Bowman chrome. Uh, but no, the, the future of baseball is bright. There's so many talented young players that are, you know, not only in, in the minor leagues, but just in the show as well. You know, Fernando Tatis, Soto. There's yep. so many really good young players, and there's so many guys that are coming up. And in the next, you know, one to five years that we're going to see in the MLB, they're going to be so fun. Um, obviously good to see the Phillies represented with Bryson. Um and, yeah, it's going to be a great Futures game, man. I'm really excited to check that out. And just All-Star Weekend as a whole, you know, good to have the Derby back, good to have the All-Star game back, um, kind of some sense of normalcy with that. So looking forward to it. For, for sure. And I got to remember, you know, we talked about this in the group chat last week, and I and I remember Nick asking Matt, Matt Cass, um, about, you know, what's the buzz around him, you know, around Dominguez, around, about around North New Jersey in New York at bottom. Matt literally just said, Matt said last week, you know, franchise saver shit, you know. Facts. <laughs> 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 they're hype about the Mingus. Yeah. I mean, the, the kid, like, 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 and I think, I think we're going to see um, what he can do on a big stage. I mean, like you said, he's hyped in the baseball card market. Shoot, he's hyped on MLB the show. I think he has the card on the show <laughs> at like a 96 overall yeah. or something like that. So, Man, I. Yeah, no, Jovan, I mean, to piggyback off that, I mean, 
he's you gotta remember he's 18 and he's already in the futures game i mean right, what right. were you doing at 18 i mean I, it's, <laughs> it's it's ridiculous college um <laughs> exactly like I, I'm, still, I'm still figuring it all out at 18 right. he's playing in the futures game but no i the hype's real around dominguez and, and that really put it perfect perfectly uh you know uh the the hype is real uh you know, he he's he's supposed to be the savior he's you know he's being i've I seen articles comparing him to ken griffey mike trout i mean that's how high people are on him. And, you know, he, he the Yankees signed him. You know, I believe it was a $5 million deal or something, or something crazy um, out of the international signing market. So, you know, we'll see. We'll get to see him, you know, really for the first time in the Futures game. You know, I believe he's at, down in the GCL League right now, you know, still trying to figure it out. You know, he's, he's just getting into the minor league system a little bit, um, you know, due to the COVID year last year. But, man, he might he, he, he could be a special player. We'll just have to wait and see. Most definitely, and I can't wait to see that. That game is going to be on, I think, Sunday, which is also going to be the same day of the MLB first player draft, which have a lot of stars in that, too. But we can't talk about that because we got Sixers basketball to talk about. Uh, we got a few more minutes left here in the show. We really appreciate everybody that is that's still sticking around and tuning in to the uh, Total Sports Live podcast here on Anchor. And before we wrap up, fellas, we got to talk about the Sixers. I know we didn't really want to. I mean, it was very depressing how the season ended. I mean, a lot of Philadelphia was just disgusted. I mean, Anthony Gargano just was just he was just beside himself um, after that game seven loss. And it, it was horrible. You know, this Sixer team that had so much promise, you know, especially after the way they finished, how they were playing during the season, how they won number one seed, how they played in the first round, even how they, you know, really fought in the Atlanta series. But they lost in game seven. They blew back to back double digit leads, which was just horrendous. It was it, it was just it was just horrible. And if you want to relive, you want to relive those feelings, go read Nick's story right now on TotalSportsLive.com. Not so much relive the feelings, but more so, you know, get a deeper understanding, deeper analysis, an opinion. You know, you might share the same thoughts as Nick, you know, about how this postseason collapsed and just where should they go, you know, where should they go in next season and, you know, in, in this offseason, which is very pivotal offseason, as Nick put it so eloquently. I'm in his story on totalsportslive.com. And one of the notable issues that Nick pointed out, and a lot of fans, Sixers fans, have pointed out um, was that that became apparent in the playoffs from the playoffs is ben, was Ben Simmons' ineffectiveness on offense and poor free throw shooting. Um, it just was his, his, him shooting, thir- un- shooting 30, pull up 30 something percent from the free throw line is just not going to get it done. A far cry from his 30, from his 62.4 percent for the free throw line regular season. He just was a non-factor giving up the ball before half court. I mean, the list, the list, the list could go on and on and on, um, fellas, about this. So I'm going to start with you, um, Harrison. Just what were your overall thoughts about what happened in game seven and just this Sixers postseason run that had so much promise, so much excitement that just went crashing and burning? Yeah, it was disappointing, man. They had a window this year. They they really did have a window to win a championship this year. Um, in JoJo's prime, Joel Embiid's prime, um, with Ben Simmons in his prime, but they they just couldn't get it done. Ben Simmons was very ineffective, and the fact that he wasn't taking shots in the fourth quarter at the end of that series in those last few games, I mean, it's just it, it's kind of hard to fathom. You know, it's kind of hard to to look back on it and try to figure it out. Um, I think overall for the postseason run as a whole, I think Doc Rivers is a good coach. I'm really glad he's here in Philly. I think that he's going to help this team moving forward. feels like there's a little bit more of a, a solid base, you know, to the team, just, you know, game in and game out. Um, I thought they did a good job surrounding Joel and Ben with some scores this year. 
Um, Danny Green's injury really, you know, hurt them. Nick mentioned that in his story on TSL. Um, that, that really hurt them in the playoffs. Um, you know, Seth Curry was a good pickup. So I think they've got some good things going for them, but it just, it just hurts to see another championship year, you know, wasted. You know, they, they could have won it a few years back when that um, Toronto series went the way it did. Now you're in another one where it's round two, game seven, and you just fall short. And it, it's disappointing. Um, but the, it is going to be a pivotal offseason. Like Nick mentioned, like you said, Jovan, it's going to be a huge one for them. Daryl Morey, you know, another offseason under his belt, working with Elton Brand and Doc. Um, we'll see. We'll see what happens with Ben. We'll see what happens with some of these other guys and what they do in the draft. It, it's going to be a big offseason. They're, they're going to be right there. I mean, they were the one seed this year in the East. You know, they, they, they should be back. They should be right back in contention, right back in that in that range. So it's going to be a huge offseason. Definitely. And um, Nick, just, you know, piggybacking off what Harrison said, you know, this was supposed to be the season. You know, the last two seasons you would expect, you know, not the last two, the last two out of three. We won't talk about last season's playoff run. You know, that that never happened. Um, Shout out Al Horford. Yeah, yeah, that that, that never happened, never existed. Shout out Al Horford. <laughs> Shake Milton did not, Shake Milton did not want to smack Joel Embiid. We do not bring that up. But uh, <laughs> just you know, Nick, just what was what, what, just piggybacking off of like what Harrison said, you know, what what did you thought about what happened in Game Seven? Just postseason run, because like you said, it had so much promise. Seth Curry was balling out of out of his mind. I mean. I mean, talk about a, 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 a tremendous move by Daryl Morey and that whole Sixers front office, Elton Brand included, to trade for Seth Curry on draft night and only giving up a second-round pick, which became, you know, Tyler Bay, I believe, and um, and, and Josh Richardson for him. And, you know, this team just couldn't get it done despite having really good games from Seth Curry that was, was really proven to him, who's really proven to a lot of people that he wasn't, he's not just the guy that come off the bench that he proved this season that he could be a starting, a starting guard in the NBA. No, you're right. You're completely right. Uh, you both, you both kind of hit the nail on the head. I try, I tried to do that in the story. I appreciate the, the compliments guys. Um, I'll tell you what, this was a blown opportunity for the Philadelphia 76ers. I have never seen something that I witnessed uh, just, just a few weeks ago in that Atlanta series. I mean, you know, they are only the second number one seed to go one and three at home since the 1995 San Antonio Spurs. One and three at home. They are the one, they were the one seed this year. They, were, they, they, got, they got the one seed. They played really well during the regular season. You now have home court throughout the entirety of the playoffs. And, you know, play a team like the Hawks, who are, are a talented young team. You cannot uh, discredit what they did throughout the playoffs this year. They played really well. Have to credit Trey Young and, you know, Kevin Herter, who really uh, has, you know, showed up in Game 7. Uh, but the Sixers really blew it here. I mean, they, they had numerous, numerous, numerous opportunities to, to win this series and, and move on to, to the third round uh, in the Eastern Conference Finals, you know. Heading into the uh, Eastern Conference Finals, they would have had the Bucks, and you know I, I really like the matchup with, with the Bucks if the Sixers were able to get there, but they couldn't get there. They they showed why um, they're they're only a second round exit team at the moment, um, and it's it starts you know there, there's there's a few guys you can blame, and you know it definitely a lot of it harps on Ben. Um, mm-hmm. You know Ben was awful. Ben, ben was awful in the series. I uh, you know he really just disappeared completely. Um, you know as the series um, went along. And, you know, you have, you have him, you know, four straight games without attempting a field goal in the fourth. Uh, he played, you know, 11 minutes in game seven in the fourth quarter. 
Uh, you know, six out, six out of the seven games, uh, he attempted one total field goal in the fourth quarter. I mean, that's just disappearing. He's a max uh, contract caliber player, and, and he's just disappearing. He's dishing the ball out before he gets to half court and then going to hide in the dunker spot. We're not even going to get into the the get, you know not even attempting a dunk or a layup on a wide on a wide open shot, but deferring to Matisse Thibault. I mean, that was ridiculous. It was it, it was ridiculous. He's Inexplicable. Really, I, I, I can't put it any other words to it because you know he played scared. He played completely scared uh, in this series. He was unable to get anything going offensively. And that's not even considering the free uh, the, the free throw shooting. I think really what 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 caused his lack of aggressiveness was his inability to shoot at the free throw line. And and when you're shooting around thirty percent from the line um, in, in the playoffs, that's just not going to get it done. It's one of the worst. I, I believe it is the worst in playoff history. You know, worse than Shaq, worse than a lot of other bad free throw shooters. Um, you know, so w- when he's not going to the to the basket because he can get to the basket like the best of them. Um, you know, it, it really hurts his game because he's, he he's not going to take a, an outside shot. He just won't do it. Um, so that really takes him out of the offensive equation. It's now a four and five basketball game because, you know, in his mind, it seems like to me, he's like, OK, I can't make you know, I can't go to the basket, get fouled, not make the shot because then mm-hmm. I'm going to miss two free throws. So I, I, it's a, it's a, it has a lot to do with the mentality he has at the moment. You know, um, he's in his head and he has to, you know, going forward, I, you know, I, I don't know what's going to happen. In, in the offseason, we'll get into it, but he was a real big issue. Then you also had Doc Rivers. Yep. He would go 10 deep into the rotation, and it just blew my mind, you know, how much playing time Corkmaz got because he didn't. He really didn't have a great playoffs either. No, um, you know, George, George Hill. George Hill was non-existent on the offensive end. He really didn't give you quality minutes. I probably would have liked to see him shake a little more in Game Seven. Um, but Doc, you know, he, he he's choked away a lot of leads in his career, and he just added another one this year. Games four, 18-point lead going, uh, you know, it, you know a, a, in the game, you have an 18-point lead. 26-point lead in game five, 18 points going into the fourth quarter. It was a really, really uh, – it, it was inexplicable, like you said. You, you cannot describe in words how bad the Sixers choked this uh, opportunity away. They could have right. won this series. Without a doubt. And, uh, you know, going forward, I mean, they have a lot of decisions to make free agency wise. You know, what are they going to do? How are they what are they going to do with Ben? Um, there's a lot of blame to go around. But this this was a blown opportunity by the Philadelphia 76ers. And, you know, it really a lot of it falls on the coach and a lot of it falls on Ben um, because, you know, they really, really were in a hole, especially when your superstar is hurt. You can't you can't forget he did turn the ball over a, a lot, you know, in game six and seven. But um, you know, he, he's still giving you a, a good amount on the offensive end on, on torn meniscus in his right knee. So, you know, Ben had to step up. I would have liked to see Tobias, you know, take more charge, you know, going down the stretch in the latter part of games. And that just didn't happen. And, you know, the Sixers are in a real tough spot, you know, heading into next year. They still have a talented roster, but a lot, a lot of decisions to be made. Uh, a, a ton of decisions to be made about this Sixer team going forward in their future in London. A lot of it's going to uh, and I think we want to end off with I think we want to end off with this. Um, last, you know, question and topic to wrap up this show, uh, to show this week, fellas, and that is a lot of the questions and a lot of the Sixers offseason will hinge on the um, future of Ben Simmons. Um, and if if he if he goes somewhere else or if he stays, um, in Philadelphia, um, we've already heard some trade rumors come out. You know, Jason Dumas of um, Bleacher Report reporting, you know, last week that the Indiana Pacers, um, you know. You know, the Sixers are have filled it offers 
for Ben Simmons, one of the teams was the Indiana Pacers. Um, we heard um, Malcolm Brogdon in a first-round pick. The Sixers didn't do it because Sixers won an all-star caliber player back in return. There's also another report out of Minnesota saying that the Timberwolves are interested. It would be interesting what the Sixers could get back in a potential deal with the Timberwolves. So we're going to wrap up on this question, fellas, starting with you, Harrison. Um, do you think Ben Simmons is in Philly next year? And if so, you know, if 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 so, then we're, what do you you know? Do you think he ends the season in Philly? <laughs> but if he doesn't, you know, if he's not here next season, where do you think he ends up at? Um, and where where do you think he'll be playing at next year? You know, I, I don't think he'll be in Philly next year. I think that the Sixers aren't just going to trade him for no reason. But I think there's still a lot of interest in Ben around the league. I mean, he was second in the league in Defensive Player of the Year voting. He's right. obviously a very unique player. I mean, he can play the point guard. He's almost seven foot tall. He can pass the ball, you know, like nobody else. And for the majority of this season, he was okay. It wasn't a great year by any means. I mean, he only averaged 14 points, uh, around seven assists. Like, it, it wasn't great. You're hoping for more, but he's young. He's, you know, a unique player. You're not going to find a Ben Simmons everywhere. You know, there's not many seven-footers that can run around and play point guard or small forward, cover pretty much one through five, you know, you know with some exceptions. But, pretty much cover one through five. I mean, he's still a unique player, but I, I just think that a change of scenery would be good for both sides. I think it'd be good for the Sixers. It'd be good for Joel Embiid for sure. Um, get someone else in here, try to get someone a little more compatible with his game plan. I mean, he's one of the best centers in basketball, you, you know, and he's in his prime right now. Like it, it's time to capitalize on it. Um, Ben's had a few years to develop here. It just really hasn't took. Where he'll be traded is interested. I mean, in an ideal world, it's Portland for Damian Lillard, but I just don't I don't think the Sixers are going to get that done. Just There's going to be too much that the, the Trailblazers are asking for, and it would really upend a lot of what they've done the past few years. Um, Minnesota seems to be kind of a, a hot you know, a hot name. I just don't know if D'Angelo Russell would get the Sixers over the hump. I don't know if that's the answer. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I like D'Angelo Russell. He's a good player, but that put them in contention next year for the chip. I mean, they'll be in the yeah. playoffs. They'll be they'll be back as one of the best teams in the East. But are they championship contenders? I just don't know. Um, so it's going to be interesting. I, I will say I do trust Daryl Morey and Elton Brand um, mm-hmm. and Doc. You know, just that that crew as a whole. I, I like the Sixers front office. I like their organization. Um, it seems like you know this is the group that's going to get it right and you know has a good opportunity to get a championship here. But they've got to do it quick. Most definitely. And uh, Nick, what do you think? You know, like Harrison mentioned, you know, in ideal world, Damian Lillard would be the target. But just what you would have to give up would be just insurmountable. We remember, you know, just from the trade rumors about Kyle Lowry and, and James Harden, you know, this past season and how much teams are wanting in return back just for those guys is insurmountable. And it could be the same same position um, going forward this offseason with Simmons. No, you're right. Uh, you know, if, if the Damian Lillard, if there is some truth to that, if he does, you know, request a trade uh, from Portland, I mean, you know, you could, you, it, you, it's feasible that they could get a deal done, but it, it just not, it's not just going to be Ben, especially since now a lot of teams, you know, you've seen Hack of Ben, you, you saw how he performed in the playoffs. He was shied away from the moment. His trade value has decreased a little bit. It really has. And uh, I don't think it has substantially because I, I really do think a lot of teams are going to be interested in Ben Simmons. I mean, he gives you a lot. And at a high level, you know, on the defensive end, he's a great facilitator. He, I feel like it's a lot to do with his mindset that he just has to get right with. Um, but when it comes when it comes to dealing him, I 
I think Daryl Morey is going to wait for the right offer. I don't know if it comes this offseason. It would not shock me if he is still a 76er by the start of next year. Um, you heard Doc Rivers uh, at the end of the year, Daryl Morey, uh, allude to that they have a plan in place to try and get him right, you know, a little, you know, working on his jumper, working on his free throw shooting in the offseason. I don't know how much merit there is to that because then you also have the reports of Adrian Wojnarowski from ESPN uh, with, you know, regards to Morey and Elton Brand and the Sixers brass meeting with Rich Paul and clutch sports, you know, to discuss, uh, you know, Ben Simmons future. So it wouldn't shock me if he's, if he's on the roster by the beginning of next year. Now, by the end of next year is a different story. Um, but I, I think Daryl Morey is not going to rush into anything. Ben's still 24 years old. He gives you a lot on the off, you know, on the defensive end, excuse me. Um, but he has to improve on the offensive end, obviously, but he still, you know, he still gives you a lot. He's a, he's a multi-time all-star. He's rookie of the year. He has the intangibles. I think the mindset really is, you know, what's going to help him, you know, improve going into next season. Um, but I, I don't think they're just going to give Ben away. Uh, if the Damian Lillard, Bradley Beal rumors, if there is something to those, I think maybe they could try and get a deal done. But you're not just going to just package Ben. Maxi, I'm not shy in a Ben deal. Maxi or Thibel is involved. I mean, I, at mm-hmm. this point, I think that's what's going to happen to get a star like Lillard or Beal. So, um, you know, his values decrease a little bit. Uh, it wouldn't shock me if he's traded, uh, you know, during the summer. But it also wouldn't shock me if he's also a 76er by the start of next year. Because I don't think the Sixers are just going to give up on him like right. that just yet. Um, I get, you know, a lot of fans are upset. They don't want to waste you know, Embiid's prime years. I believe he has two years left on his contract before he, you know, renews it probably for a max. You don't want him to leave. So you want to please Embiid. You want to pair the right guy with Joel Embiid down low and, and give him a guy that, you know, can get you over the hump and get you to the NBA finals. But, you know, is Ben, go- is ben going to be that guy? Maybe, maybe not, because um, I, I, I don't think the Sixers are going to give up on him just just yet. Um, so it wouldn't shock me if he's still a Sixer by the start of next year. Hey, it should be interesting to see how everything unfolds this summer with the Sixers and with the Phillies. Um, a lot of things will be happening. We'll see if Maury, you know, stays with Simmons. Like you said, they said they got a plan for him. Let's see what the plan is. And if he really comes in and comes in with offensive mindset and changes his game, then that just unlocks a whole different level for this team finally. You know, and maybe they'll be in this position next season playing in the NBA Finals. But that all remains in wait to be seen. Um, that's going to wrap up this episode of the Total Sports Live podcast. Really appreciate all of you all tuning in um, to this latest episode. Um, like I said earlier, make sure you check out TotalSportsLive.com. Um, uh, check out TotalSportsLive.com for your latest in Philadelphia sports news, opinions, analysis, everything, all that good stuff right there. Part of the Sports Daily uh, network. Uh, make sure you also follow us. Follow us on Twitter at Total Sports Live. Um, f- download, subscribe, follow, listen to the podcast on the various platforms: Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. I'm pretty sure that might be it. iHeartRadio. I don't know. Wherever you get your podcast, just uh, check us out um, on there. I think that's pretty much everything, fellas. Anything else we forgot to add um, before we wrap this whole show up? About it, man. Appreciate you guys as always. Always a blast being on here. Most definitely. I, I had a blast. Love love talking, you know, Philadelphia sports with both of you. Always, always a pleasure. Hey, for sure. So that's gonna wrap this edition of the podcast. Make sure 
uh, to check out a nickels worth with Keaton Nichols. That's also on Anchor and also on YouTube. Make sure you check that out um, as well throughout your week to get your latest on news, sports, entertainment, anything, politics, anything that's going on in the wild world. It's on a nickels worth with Keaton Nichols. Um, so, yeah, that's going to wrap everything up. Hope you guys have a great rest of your week and we will talk to you all very soon.